0: interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. I am so excited today as we have the award-winning comedian, actor, and writer Kathy Ladman coming on momentarily. Before I bring her on, I always I always like to do just a brief introduction to the show. She's going to be accompanying many of the amazingly talented individuals I've had the pleasure to interview over the years in the entertainment industry, including comedian and head writer for Seinfeld, Peter Melman, co-creator of The Daily Show and TV producer, Madeline Smithberg, New York Times bestselling author, Jennifer Keshin Armstrong, writer and impersonator, John DiDomenico, and award-winning cartoonist and illustrator for The New Yorker, Bob Eckstein. So before I bring her on, i also like to just throw out there, it's a little disclaimer, um, my show really delves into an in-depth interview. My background is in clinical psychology, that's what I have my doctorate degree in, but the show is an entertainment show. We're not going to be doing any formal therapy or treatment or assessment, but sometimes if my guests, of course, bring up stuff in a very educational format, I love to delve into that and we will go there. Um, as, well, as long as Kathy feels comfortable. And from reading about her and doing my research on her, she seems like she's pretty much an open book. So let's do this. Let's uh, do an introduction, and then we'll bring her on. As one of the country's top comedians, Kathy Ladman presents herself as the self-proving, anxiety-venting person that she is. She's appeared numerous times on The Tonight Show, Johnny Carson's Tonight Show Anniversary, The Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson, and has had her own HBO One Night Stand comedy special. Her her film and TV credits include Pretty Little Liars, Modern Family, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Caroline in the City, where she had a reoccurring role, Everybody Loves Raymond, Politically Incorrect, The Aristocrats, White Oleander, and My Fellow Americans, and I'd like to say to name more than a few. Her solo show, Does This Make Me Look Fat?, opened last year. For more information, you can visit Kathy at KathyLadman.com, dot com, and you can also follow her on Instagram, as well as on Facebook and Twitter at Kathy Ladman. All right, so let's bring Kathy on.
1: Hello. Hey, Kathy, Hi. how are you? Good. I think i I would like to make I would like to challenge myself by singing the uh, Blog Talk Radio song.
0: Oh no. <laughs> How do I do? Yeah, I know. I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty like appalled by that. I wish they would have
1: some more uh
0: <laughs> more up to date modern music, let's say.
1: It's okay. You know, when I'm when I'm in an elevator and I hear music that I like, mm-hmm. I know I'm old.
0: <laughs>
1: I know I'm old.
0: Well, you are i want to tell you you are stunning in so many different ways from just your talent oh. and you you're just really you are beautiful you are talented and i think the thing that i love most about you is just your story and your journey and the perseverance and the persistence and and i love Hearing this, you know, the challenges that people take on and how they overcome those. And I definitely can, I'm not going to get into myself, but I can see a lot of that in myself. And that always, that struggle, that's the word I wanted to use. That The struggle that people right. have that really push them to overcome so much of maybe roadblocks yes. and things that are in their way.
1: Well, you know, it's so funny. I, I mean, it's not so funny, actually, but I, I get... Um, these quotes uh, emailed to me every morning and this morning it was a, it was a quote by Helen Keller that and I'm paraphrasing. It says something that we wouldn't have a chance to be brave, courageous and something else. I can't remember the third thing. If there were only joy in the world, you know, right. we, we grow so much from the challenges in our lives and when they're happening, they feel horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but they really, um, they really deepen our 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 characters and um and and make us more equipped to handle things the next time they come around and and that's a great gift, I think.
0: Absolutely. I can't agree with you more. And I think what's interesting, I was when I was working out this morning um, and I took the day off from work. This is what I did on my day off. I'm doing more work, but this is something I love to do. But anyway, I was going to um, just kind of relate to what you just said about the Helen Keller statement. I was reading this article. It was on Tory Burch and Billie Jean King. And Billie Jean King made this really, I'm paraphrasing, but it was just what you said. Like, yes the way you feel after you accomplish something that's challenging is much different than accomplishing something that's easy to do. You know, even though that struggle there, oh, yeah. you want it to be easy, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, you can you you don't grow from the good things in your life, from the easy things in your life.
0: Mhm. Well, saying with that said, let's uh, start from the beginning cuz I always love to do a timeline type of um Again, we'll bounce around, but I always love to just start out so we can build up to where you are today. So let's go back to growing up as a kid in uh, Little Queens, New York. You know, just describe a little bit yes. about your personality. Little, you know, Neck, as little far- Neck, New York. Oh, sorry. Little, little Neck, Queens? New York. Sorry about that. I said Little yes. Queens. Um, That's
1: okay.
0: Yes, yeah, so let's go back before we start to get into L.A. and, and all that good stuff. You yes. know, tell us a little bit sure. about yourself as Far back as you can remember, as a little kid, your personality, what oh, you were well, like growing of, up.
1: Okay, <laughs> this is my this is my earliest memory, and my my sister Leslie and my mom said I I was dreaming it up that I was nuts. Um, that um, I remember being bathed in a sink. I remember, and then, and maybe I did make it up. I don't know, but I remember the perspective of looking up from the sink and seeing my mom and my sister Leslie. Wow. Is that crazy? Maybe. That is, yeah. I don't
0: know. That's No, that's, I mean, wow, that's very vivid and very young to remember something like that. I know.
1: But I have so, a very good memory. Yeah. I, I, I've always had a very good memory. I mean, it's definitely getting worse, let me tell you. But, um... <laughs> oh, boy, is it getting worse. Um, but I, um... I remember things very, very vividly. I remember this one time being in nursery school, and the teacher—I um, don't know how this happened—the teacher asked us to each. We were at easels. Remember those big easels?
2: Mm-hmm. That, yeah.
1: I don't know. I don't know how old you are. Actually, you're not as old as I am. I can tell from your voice. But. Um, <laughs> But I know, I I took some
0: art classes and stuff, so I know what you're talking about, but But, go ahead. But but they did have those big, where did you grow up, by the way? Um, I'm from the East Coast in New Jersey.
1: Oh, okay. So they have those big big easels with the big big paper on it, you know, clamped to the thing. And Mm -hmm. and they said, those giant brushes they gave us, and they said to um, paint the first letter of your name. And I painted an A, and the teacher came by, and she said, well, that's not the first letter of your name. Your name's Kathy. And I said, I thought it was assy. <laughs> now, I have no idea what made me say that, but these, can you believe, I can't even believe I'm, I'm like, telling you these things now, that I remember these things. It's crazy. Um, but, yeah, I remember this so vividly, Carrie. <laughs>
0: But and kind of stuff
1: that you want me to tell you about.
0: No, but it's but but see to me these are the golden nuggets, Kathy. Like I love to have somewhere in my interview where there's these little moments yes. that I haven't seen elsewhere. You know what I mean? I mean, I've done yes. so much re- research on you in a lot of interviews. There's been some really cool stuff that I found that other people didn't ask you or but that's what I love is hearing these moments where as long as you feel comfortable right. sharing them, of course. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. And and how when you think about it, like, you know, you becoming a comedian and you saying Assy, I mean that's it's
1: funny. I mean What did that say about me? I mean, I wonder <laughs> was I being like was when she said your name is Kathy and I said I thought it was Assy, was I was I being like I mean, I look, I've been answering to my name for years at that point. Right. Um right. Like, was I being, was I maybe trying to save face? I don't know what
0: my story was. Right. I don't know but, if subconsciously or unconsciously there was, I mean, yes. who knows how you were feeling in that moment? Was there something going right. on where you were, you know, not acting out, but you know what I mean? Trying to make an impression right. or, right.
1: Right. <laughs> but I, I, I will tell you that I grew like, in, in broader strokes. I grew up in um, Little Black Queens which is um, the very last town before Nassau County, Long Island, and on the North Shore. And as my father said, it was a two-fair zone, which meant we had to take a bus and a subway to get to Manhattan. Um, And uh, I'm the youngest of three three daughters. Okay. And um, for the most part, it was a very fun, dynamic family. But it was also fraught with um oh boy, my father was a scary guy um and um you know it, I mean, there was a lot of laughter in our house, but there was a lot of fear in our house too and um and i and I you know took this through my life definitely very very um viscerally, i think um there you go. I'm an open book, like you said.
0: <laughs> well and I I mean I heard you talk and there was an excellent interview I saw that you did it back in two thousand fourteen where you really delved yeah. into kind of you focused on mostly the eating disorder and the family dynamics yes. and stuff like that. Um and it was it was excellent. I don't want you know, I don't want to take away from that. I definitely wanna, you know, capture so many different pieces of you. But in right. terms of that impacting you was comedy something? that you started to use at an
1: early age to deal with the emotions? I mean, I was, you know, being the youngest of three, Mm -hmm. I had a hard time being heard. In fact, I I developed um, nodules on my vocal cords because I was straining so much to be heard in my family. And um, I... uh, Found at an early age, I would say probably about the age of five, that I could get attention by making people laugh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I was and I was good at it, and I used it to uh, to the best of my ability. I used it, um, and uh, I I used to do impressions. Uh, that that was how I started to do impressions. And I was just a funny, funny kid. I was Who were just a you funny doing? kid. And my, I, Who I did, were you my doing impressions impression of? Of my, Yeah, my first impression was of my uh, uh, elementary school principal, Miss Carol. She was so old. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I, picture this. This is like, what is this, 1960 that I started going to that school. So, imagine somebody who was old in nineteen sixty she you know she was born at the turn of the century, probably
2: right and She had
1: those like lace up high heeled shoes that she would wear, you know those big, clunky shoes, like very matronly kind of shoes and <laughs> and so, I did an impression of her, and then I used to do an impression of Walter Brennan walking and talking. And because and I used to watch, uh, I loved television when I was growing up. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. Ta-
0: share some of the shows that you watched. What were some of your yeah, either I mean, influences I to, or? Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. Well, first of all, what, when I was, I hated school when I was a kid. I hated, hated, hated school, and I used to tell my mother almost every morning that I was sick, and she never what? believed me because. Why did you what? hate school so much? Oh, I just I hated my teachers. It was it was a lot of pressure, you know. I put I always mm. put a lot of pressure on myself mm-hmm. to be perfect mm-hmm. and do everything right, and that of course led to nothing good. Right. Um, and I was just I was just um, anxious. I was crazy anxious,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: so I just didn't want to be there. So you know, my mother never believed me when I said I was sick. And one time she didn't believe yeah. me, and and I um, was so sick, and they had to call her up. I had 105 fever.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: And I, I was I was out of school for three weeks. It was when the Beatles were on in Sullivan. That was that was uh, that was that period of time.
0: I'm sorry to hear that. No. That's just so disconcerting Thanks. that you're this you
1: know, you're just little kid
0: and you're trying to get I know the love and affection from your parents and yeah. So tell us I as know. you're talking about what what did you, I mean, clearly you were going into TV. You you love that. You know, what shows were you watching?
1: Yes. What caught your interest? Okay, so <clears throat> the shows that I craved watching, and my mother would try to put limits on me when I was sick. Like she, she said, you could only watch a certain amount of TV, which was, I thought, ridiculous. I'm home <clears throat> sick. Let me just watch it. Yeah. But, yeah. but my favorites were... Um, the Dick Van Dyke Show was definitely my favorite. Um, I would watch this show with Bob, with Robert Cummings. Bob Cummings called "Love That Bob." Okay. Where he play, he played a photographer, and Ann B. Davis was in that. She played her his assistant. Um, and I would watch *December Bride* and um, *The Beverly Hillbillies*. No, *Beverly Hillbillies* was later. That's I'm talking about when I was okay. really little. Right. Um, um, I'm trying to think of these really old shows that we were on. And I apologize. I'm not as oh, familiar girl, yes. I'll, be,
0: I'll be of course more familiar well, with, you know, because you're not as old as I am. <laughs> Stop. I mean, but no, no, I mean I've no, heard no, some no, of them. No, you're not.
1: It's not it's it's just a fact. You're not as old right. as I am, so you you're not privy to these. I I I understand. It's not I'm not I'm not putting myself down because I'm older. I'm just stating a fact. Right. It's, um okay. <laughs> and, and and actually Burns and Allen they used to do reruns of, of the of the Burns and Allen show. Oh, and Mr. Okay. Ed. I love that. Okay, Mr. I've heard Ed. right. I've heard of that. Right. Okay. Yes. Um. So those those are like a handful. Of, I mean, I love mm-hmm. obviously I loved watching sitcoms. Yeah, but what was a sitcom? Dick Van Dyke, I mean, the Dick Van Dyke show was like, foreign. It's it's still that and the Mary Tyler Moore show are my are my Pretty much my favorite sitcoms. Yeah, I mean, and it's pretty interesting how they were both on that show together, and and her show Mm -hmm. was just, just phenomenal. What what a show! That that was when I was in college, but I was watching the Mary Tyler Moore Show.
0: Okay, okay.
1: So we're getting yeah, but I grew up grew up loving that. Yes.
0: Yeah. So here you are, little kid wanting attention, really clearly delving into the world of TV, comedy, getting laughter from others. Um, was there any, right. you know, as you were growing up, were there any types of late-night shows you watched? Saturday Night Live, Mad TV, anything? Um,
1: well, growing up, Saturday Night Live yeah. wasn't there. Um, okay. But The Tonight Show I used to watch, and that was 90 minutes at the time. Um, oh, gosh.
0: Wow. And,
1: yeah, it was amazing. And I think they even, no, they didn't tape on Saturday nights. They couldn't have taped on Saturday nights. Maybe it was a rerun on Saturday nights. Because I used to watch it when I babysat. I remember that very, very clearly. Mhm. Um That, uh, and the fact that it was a 90-minute show, what a bear that was to put on. My God. A 90-minute <laughs> live broadcast every night. Jeez. But, uh it was, it was fascinating to me, and I loved watching comedians. I loved watching comedians. Um, I watched um, the Ed Sullivan Show. You know, variety shows. I loved mm-hmm. variety shows. Loved, mm-hmm. I mean, I was a little bit older at this point, but i was I'm still a kid. I loved the Carol Burnett Show. Nice.
2: Um,
1: and, and watched the Ed Sullivan Show every Sunday night and watched all the comedians. Whatever, whatever show had comedians on it. I loved watching it, and I, and I connected with my with my dad in, in that. Go ahead. No, it's okay. I connected with my dad a lot in that.
0: Okay, um, okay, and that's great because that was again he was someone like you said that was very unfortunately someone you were scared of, someone that you know, and,
1: Yeah,
0: right, right,
1: Real with your dad though. too. Yeah.
0: Your parents, they were interested in comedy, right? Because I remember reading you were listening to some type of a um, comedy yes. album by Nichols and yes. May Examine Doctors, and, and it was a. so funny, Kathy. Because I actually looked it up because I was like, I gotta at least get some background on Good. this. Yes. And I found something, and you know, the humor was I liked it, but it was very dry. Is that how you would describe it?
1: Very like dry dancing? and very <laughs> and very adult. Yeah. And and the fact that I was eight years old when I listened to this album and memorized it Mm -hmm. and would do a rendition at night when my mom put me to bed, I would say my prayers and I would do a selection off the album for her. I mean, that I was even connecting with this at at such an early age is pretty amazing.
0: I mean, it's almost like um, you were an
1: old soul
0: in some ways.
1: Yes. 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 I was definitely an old soul. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, and um, that was, in, I mean, I, I, you may have heard this story, but I'll I'll share it again. That that I did a movie with Mike Nichols. Do You know this story that I'm about to tell you.
0: Go ahead, tell it. I'm not sure. I'm not hundred okay. percent sure, but go I'll on. I'll tell
1: it. Okay, so I did this movie with Mike Nichols and you know my hero I'm doing a movie with him excuse me and um he um happened to be standing next to me i was just he had he his his, his foot was in a boot cuz he had hurt him he had hurt his foot or his ankle so he was not incredibly mobile and he was standing on one on a on a patio of a of a private home that we were shooting at and um and i just happened to be standing next to him you know it wasn't like uh, wasn't an intentional thing, and we were, sort, like, kind of shoulder to shoulder, both looking in the same direction, and something came over me, and I didn't even, like, it was not premeditated, but I just started mm-hmm. doing one of the things. I started doing dip called a little more gauze, and I yes, said gauze. Yes, that's the one that I heard. And, <laughs> yes, and he said gauze. And we started doing this and I was doing it with Mike Nichols. Oh my gosh. But then I got confused because since I started it, I was I was Mike Nichols and he was Elaine May and I got confused. So I, I mean I just said I said, Oh my god, I can't believe I can't believe I'm I can't believe How I'm incredible. doing this with Mike Nichols and he said, I can't believe I'm Mike Nichols And <laughs> and and it was um it was just a thrilling, thrilling experience.
0: I mean, yeah, just how thrilling. amazing! I mean, here you are at eight years old listening. Well what was this movie that you did with him?
1: Um, it was not. A, it was not a good movie. It was oh, okay. called "What Planet Are You From?" No, it's okay. It's called, it's called "What Planet Are You From?" with Gary Shanling. Okay. and 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 it oh, was wow. like uh, he hated. I mean, Mike Nichols hated the experience of doing it, um, and. Um, you know, it was just, it was just one of those things. It was just one of those things. Um, but, um, but it was a but great what, experience for me to Yeah, to but what an thing, amazing,
0: yeah, what an amazing opportunity, oh whether the God. movie thrived or it didn't. Yes. I mean, and Gary Shanley, yes. too. Oh, my gosh. I mean, another phenom. Yes. Wow. So I
1: didn't work. It's funny. I didn't work with Gary, but I okay. saw him one day when he was on set, because um, I'd never met him before. Um you know this is my fir- this is my first time meeting him and um he actually I did a I did a joke um something that I had thought of he said you know he was he saw me do a scene and he said can you sound more jewish can you try to sound more jewish which was, you know obviously fantastic, and i and i said i can't help it i'm a, i'm a jew trapped in the body of a jew and he said that's a funny that's a funny line and i thought wow That's a validation. I'm taking that on stage, yeah, which I did.
0: That's amazing.
1: And it's it's so cool to see how.
0: No, I mean how we weave together like these moments from when you were so little, and then you're you made it. You're there. You're you're with some of these people. You're it's you know it's incredible. It's
1: incredible. It's really surreal. Yeah, and the fact he that, you know, look, I, I I did the tonight show with Johnny Carson, this guy I, I used to watch while I was babysitting. That's incredible. Yeah. And and
0: while you brought that up, because you, if you bring things up, I'll just kind of dive into that and then we'll kind of sure. put it aside a little bit. Um, you, there was something, and I but I couldn't find specifically what was being referred to where there was something where you turned the tables on him or something. There was some, something I read and I couldn't find. So what was that? What
1: happened? (laughs) Well, it was my, I think it was my, I think it was the first time I was on with him. Um, And so I, I did my set and I came back and sat on the couch, you know, sat on panel. Mm -hmm. And he said, uh, he said, that was very funny. He said, uh, uh, he said, How long have you been doing stand up? I said, Eight and a half long years. I thought that was a long time. I couldn't I can't believe what my perspective was back then. <laughs> he, and he said and he said, Well you're getting very good at it And I said, Thanks, so are you and it was like a knee jerk reaction because I thought I mean I didn't think. I, I didn't think or if right. I had thought I wouldn't have said it. But but um he he, I do my best work not thinking, by the way, um, <laughs> as, as probably most of us do. But um, he, uh, I thought he was being really condescending, and that's what my response was was referencing. Oh, gotcha! Right, right.
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. What was? Did, was and he, any... he
1: really laughed. Oh, that's oh, good. he really okay. laughed, and the audience really laughed, and it was. Uh, it was a, a great moment, and That's you know awesome. he was always very kind to me when we see each other backstage. You know, subsequently after after, the, after that, and he was he was. I felt he was a very uncomfortable guy. Um, um, off state- off camera. I felt that he had there was a, a like some discomfort that he that he right. had about him.
0: Like just just and angst, like 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 anxiety or well,
1: i don't know what it was i mean you know it's, hmm. it's funny i mean i remember one time watching the show and um he and he was talking about having imposter syndrome although he didn't call it that
2: mm. mhm
1: but that so often people in in that position when they rise to a certain level and and i get it feel Mm -hmm. that um, they don't deserve being where they are. Yeah. And, um, you know, I get, you know, it's like, I'll tell you something, when Jimmy Fallon uh, introduced me on The Tonight Show and said that I was a legend.
0: Oh, yeah, what an um, incredible
1: performance, too. But that was very, that was very uncomfortable. First of all, You know, when you when you're when you're referred to as a legend, that that's old. That's really old. I mean that you know, and I, I don't I don't feel I don't feel old. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sixty seven. I don't think sixty seven is old old. No. But but it's you know, it's up there, man. Um, I mean when I was a kid my grandparents were in their sixties. So Right. You know, there you go. Um right. but but to be referred to as a legend kind of you know, I, and, and and also I was in New York. It was interesting. This is like the only other time I had done a, a late-night talk show in New York was when I had done the very last Dick Cavett show. And I don't remember the exact date, but it was way back in the 80s. Okay. And, um, and it was buried. The, and ABC, you know, was not... I mean, obviously, they were just running out of contracts, and they they buried it at like two thirty in the morning, so yeah. very few people saw it. But it was a very thrilling thing, and it was obviously a very different experience from when I did the Tonight Show in January. Um, that was that was you know so much fun to do it in front of a New York audience, and this was because this was my stomping ground, sure.
2: and when I went
1: to run my set the night before. I did it at the Comedy Cellar in the in the Village, which is where I started. This mm-hmm. is when I was a young comic, and um, it was just very, very the juxtaposition of being in New York in my at my you know where I began and being called a legend was, was surreal. Oh, absolutely it was just weird. <laughs> no, I can it's understand weird. what you're saying, but
0: it's. <laughs> I'm sure you're always in some ways pinching yourself just from the challenges you had growing up. And so just to bring this in for a moment, yes. and then we'll go back a little bit sure. to some other stuff. You know, with all these things happening, you're, and are your parents still alive?
1: No, they're gone. Um, okay. My mom was the last to go. She oh, got in 99. Oh she, wow! She was 99. She had—I know she lived a great life. She um, died uh, in July. It'll be two years. So, okay. um yeah, she lived a great life. It was—it was sad, but not tragic. My dad right. died uh, earlier. He was—he was ill, but he still lived to 87. So
2: mm. you know, mm-hmm.
1: longevity definitely runs in my family. Definitely. Now, your parents clearly—they
0: had an opportunity to see your success how oh, God, how yes. did they yes. respond to you know this little kid well, who wants it, to do this yes. and again we'll we'll eventually dive into of course you going to college and you know going out to l a and coming back and but how yeah, how did they respond to all this success
1: Well, they were very proud of me okay. um, you know they were they were they were, i remember i think it was after yeah it was after my first tonight show um which was uh, I can't. I think it was in '89. I should yes, know. Yeah, it was around '88, '89. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And um, I had done the joke about my dad uh, folding a road map. And if you want to <laughs> torture my dad, you know, you, you, it was basically you fold a road map incorrectly. They can watch you while you're folding a road map incorrectly. And and so, and I was doing a gig um, where I was flying through JFK. And this was pre-airline pre-air, security days. Um, so they came to ba- basically, they could meet me at my gate. Can, I it can, it can't even imagine that these days existed, that people right. were able to like go and hang out at the gate.
2: Right. And
1: um, um, so he handed me an envelope with a subway map folded completely haphazardly.
0: Aww. And
1: I know he was, I'm sure he was incredibly touched by it. I mean, oh, I, I immortalized him. He loved it. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
1: and I think my dad was, my dad was definitely the funny one in our family. I mean, even even though he was the angry one, he was, mm-hmm. he was the funny parent. He, he was definitely the funny parent. My mom was a character, but my dad was, and he was also a character, but my dad was, definitely the witty one and he's he's where my my affinity for comedy was nurtured
0: nice well i'm glad most, that most they,
1: assuredly
0: that they yeah that oh, yes. they have they this came, opportunity yes. to see you really thrive oh, and yes. yeah that's amazing that's great
1: and they well, came, um, yeah they came to see many many of my shows they, they came to vegas when i was opening for the pointer sisters and they, you know, they really, they really enjoyed, they enjoyed my success, but I, I kind of wish that they had been a little more encouraging during my mm-hmm. beginning days.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It would, I, I encourage any parents out there who have kids who want, who want to go into a, a difficult field like, like the arts mm-hmm. to encourage them, not to, not to tell them to be more practical because I don't mm-hmm. think that's really helpful. Definitely.
0: And what did your parents, um, I know your dad was a CPA, and he also, and we'll get into it in a, in a little bit, he owned, owned a, yes. a bowling alley. Bowling
1: yeah. alley. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. He, what did your, um, oh, he, go ahead. Yeah. What did, my mom, what did my mom do? Were you asking me that?
0: Yeah, that too. Yeah, talk a little
1: bit about their careers. Um, my, well, for, for, you know, for my whole life, basically, my dad owned a bowling alley. Um, he had been in, he'd been a CPA. He didn't like it. And he went into business with a few friends of his and they went into a a couple of different businesses and then they landed in the bowling alley uh, business. And they, and that really took off. The timing was good for them. And, um, it was really fun going every, like every, every now and then I would get a chance to bring a friend on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. And, uh, get up really early in the morning, pick up my friend, drive 25 miles to the bowling alley and spend the whole day there. We had so much fun. We would help out behind the counters and you know rent shoes, you know give out lanes, mm-hmm. rent shoes, help behind the uh the um uh the food counter, whatever you call it, the lunch and yeah. counter. Yeah. And um you know, making egg creams and whatever there whatever there was. It's, it's, by the way, the other day was National Egg Cream Day. I had no idea, and <laughs> who knew that there was a day called National Egg Cream <laughs> Day? And it was it was it was really fun. It was a really fun and, and unusual thing to have. You, you know, as your dad owning a bowling alley not not everybody yeah. had that. And my mom was an educator. Um, I mean, for many years she was a dedicated mom. But mm-hmm. but then she was she was always she always I have to say my parents and 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 my sisters will agree with me that they were my parents were always very busy with their own lives. Okay. So we did not feel I don't think any of us felt particularly nurtured um, in our childhoods. Um, my mom was my father was all about his work very into mm-hmm. his work. And he worked really hard and loved it. And my mom was very into all these Jewish organizations, particularly B'nai B'rith. I called her, her name, her first name was May. I used to call her May B'nai Ladman. And (laughs) she was so, like, there were two phone, we had two phone numbers in the kitchen and separate phones. And she would go from one phone to the other phone, to the other phone. I mean, like, she was on the phone so much. And, um, so that it was really where most of her time was spent. And and then she went back, she had been in, in business out of of college. My parents both went to city college, um, in New York. Mm -hmm. And, um, and she, uh, went to, uh, she, she worked in business and marketing, uh, retail marketing and, um. Then she became a mom, and then she went back to school and became an educator. And she did substitute teaching. When I was young, a young kid, I actually had her as a substitute teacher once, which was probably one of the most mortifying experiences I ever oh, had. No. Oh, it was really horrible! And uh, my mother did not know how to be subtle. And um, and then um, she went back and got her master's in, uh, reading and she was a basic skills and remedial reading teacher. Okay. So she was, uh, yeah, she was very, very independent person. And that's it. I mean, my parents fought like pretty constantly. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was growing up, there was a lot of fighting, a lot of fighting, not a happy marriage, not a happy marriage at all. And, um, yeah, it was not pleasant, and there was a time when they almost got divorced, and and um, there was a lot of crying in the house, and yeah, it was it was, it was not a good thing. Um, and um, so I can't remember where I was going with this. No, um, we're just talking
0: a little bit about you know just to you know bring you up to speed and stuff again. Um, you know, just talking about your parents being proud of you. Um, oh, right. The challenges. I was saying that very And then I was asking you about
1: what they did a little bit for
0: a living. Yeah.
1: She, yeah, she was very independent and there was like always a power struggle between them. You know, they were both, they were, were, there was always, there was always a power struggle, which was what most of the fights were about. Who was going to be on top? Who was going to be the, who was going to be in charge? Wow. And
0: I can see where yeah. later in life your control, the perfectionism, and and that type yes. of stuff would yes. unfortunately play out in different ways. Yes. Um, real quick, while we're just touching base to it, your family, yes. your sisters, what do what do they do for a living? Are any of them in entertainment um, or any type of no. arts? No. Okay. No.
1: My my oldest sister was was in always in a lot of theater in college. Okay. But um, never pursued it professionally. Uh, she had a beautiful singing voice, and she was very talented. I remember seeing her in some plays in college, and she was very talented um, but uh, she became a speech therapist and audiologist, uh-huh.
0: and my okay.
1: middle sister became a teacher and then uh, an elementary school teacher and then and then took her got her master's and and also in reading. And ultimately became what was co- what was called a literacy coach, which okay. she would she would then help other teachers teach reading uh, to greater effect in their classrooms. Um, so yeah, it was interesting, and she's re- they're both retired.
0: Okay, okay, but I could I can just see now to bring in a little bit where you said the word yeah. practical. A little while ago, you know, your parents saying, you know, so here you have the two sisters going into, you know, similar lines of work, like your mom, a little bit with education and the literature and the audiology. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. Yeah.
1: And then you got Kathy who's out there wanting to do something different. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm the only one in my extended family who's in the arts. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. clearly like you said
0: talented people your dad being funny your sister being a good singer so oh, yeah. theater parents, you know so clearly oh, yeah. a lot of talent
1: yeah yeah my parents yeah. were always in um <clears throat> excuse me they were always in the, the temple tower productions of mm-hmm. uh various plays they were very talented people
2: mm-hmm. very
1: very dynamic family
2: mm-hmm. very interesting
1: you know when we were in family therapy um uh we um one of their favorite families you know and they 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 um taped our sessions and and i've i've actually met people um who've seen our sessions in training oh wow uh, when they were training to be therapists yeah i mean they were pretty they were pretty pop they were popular tapes gosh, wow! I know it's I mean it's not something you can rent or download right. or stream but <laughs> but if you're in school and you're studying therapy and particular eating disorders uh comes into uh play in your work, you will likely see my family wow, and it's pretty it's pretty fascinating yeah, pretty fascinating. Um, have you had a chance to see those since? yes. I have. Yes. In fact, I, when I was oh. writing my solo show, mm-hmm. um, which which took me twenty years to write, and and oh, wow. I did, and went through several iterations, and and I worked with a few different people on it until I, until I finally ended up working with my friend who became my co-author and my director. Her name is Laura Coyle. She and I were in a play together about uh, nineteen years ago. Oh nice. we out oh, eighteen years ago we um uh we, i i had thought in earlier iterations that I would use the tape, but they really the sound quality was just not good enough okay. to um to use i mean the the tape that they gave us it was too degraded at that point so i couldn't what uh, was
0: what was that experience like for you to to see those even though you couldn't use it. the tapes yeah
1: it was great. It was fascinating. Okay. It was really fascinating. Um, it was, um, you know, it was it was not surprising. You know, I didn't see anything like wow, but it was it was pretty amazing to see. There was actually there was one thing on the tape when it was a set. I remember this session that my mother was very upset. Because I, it wasn't important for me to to date Jewish, uh, to date Jewish boys,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: we were arguing back and forth, and my father was saying, my father really like, uh, he really was a big surprise in therapy. First of all, he was the last person to come in. He was very resistant to it,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: he, I think, grew a lot, and his growth really showed a lot in. In his uh, in his time in therapy, and so when my mother was um, when my mother was so um, uh, adamant and, and furious about the fact that I it wasn't important to me that I date Jewish boys, uh, my father was saying, "Look, Nate, it's just it's not important to her," and that was something that had definitely changed in um, okay. Hobarton for him you know uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I think that uh, in earlier years I think he probably would have been much more
0: uh, uh, I don't know right. like uh, like your mom you know or...
1: this yeah my, my, my leaning more towards that definitely right yes definitely right. leaning more towards that but he had he definitely changed and oh, and so there was this, there was this, you there was this theme. It was like a, it was like a theme, a therapy where she, we're going back and forth. And she's, and she's saying, and she's furious that I'm not, that I'm not um, wanting to date Jewish boys. And, and I, and I'm saying, it's just not important to me. And she's saying, well, I think that's a sign of you not quite loving us enough. Oh, gosh. And th- I know, oh. and that kind of drew a breath. That was, you know, that was pretty intense to hear that. Oh. Because the level of manipulation, I mean, my mother was a very manipulative person. Mm-hmm. She was a very manipulative person. And how, and, how old were you, um, real
0: quick, how old were you when you're talking about these therapy sessions around, just to get an idea?
1: I was 23.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, it was 1978, so I was 22,
0: 22
1: 23,
0: mm-hmm. 23, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh,
1: gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty intense.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, that's that's a, that's a real, that's a real, it's I, don't a know, real
0: like
1: a, I don't know. How, it, it's a real I don't know. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, I it's mean, that's, just... and then I remember watching this with my mom and my sister, and my, sister, my middle sister, Leslie, the one mm-hmm. who became a reading specialist also. And Leslie turned around and looked at me like with wide eyes, and my mom did not flinch. Because my mom was not anyone who really could, it was very hard for my mom to say I'm sorry until, mm-hmm. until the very end of her life. the oh. very end of her life, she was a little bit more able to say she okay. was sorry. Okay. Um, oh. so, uh, yeah. So these, and yeah, these
2: yeah. so
0: this is after too. I mean, this is cause let's pull in a little bit college and stuff. Cause that's kind of when the eating disorder started to develop, right? There was, you went to university of Albany, right? SUNY. And yes, you were, right. you were, I remember reading about how you were, you know, there was a, a girl you were very close with a friend of yours, um, oh, that you were living yes, with that, and yeah, people came into the house or something and it clearly it wasn't a good match for you. And you understandably right. said, Hey, you know, I'm going to move out. And, and it, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I mean, she, about was, it.
1: she was thinking about moving out too.
0: Right. And, and then she turned on you and it was just, it was horrible. I yes. was like, I was, I was just, my heart like sunk. I was like, Oh my God. Cause I can relate to that, that
1: type of type of, ugh. Oh my God. And, it, and she and I were like really enmeshed also. It right. Not, it was like, it was not a great it was not a okay. healthy uh it was not a healthy connection. Elaborate a um, little bit on how how were you guys enmeshed. Well, I mean I I, I worshipped her. I really okay. worshipped her. Okay. Uh, and it was just a little bit it was just a little bit too mm-hmm. um it was a little bit too close in in in, yes. in, a, in a not healthy way. Um and um and I relied on her for a lot a little bit a little bit too much um and um so when she left me, it was just oof, yeah another it was another just lot. Too much, yeah, yeah, it was just too much and, and and i really couldn't i couldn't stay, I couldn't stay um I couldn't stay in Albany. I really couldn't stay there. I was, um, I was, uh, I just felt like completely like broadsided. I was uh, mm-hmm. and, and blindsided. I was just it just pulled the rug out from under me. Oh,
0: that's a shame. And
1: um, yeah, so so that's how that's how that went. And uh, and I left Albany and I went back to college. First semester, which was where um, uh, I, went, you know, went back and lived with my parents, mm-hmm. and um, that was uh,
0: right.
1: That was challenging, <laughs> right?
0: How long were you at? Definitely um, challenging. How long were you at Albany? Were you, you know before you decided to go back to Queens College for a semester? Oh,
1: three. I was there for three years.
0: Oh, okay. So you and were then pretty much almost the done.
1: First sem- yeah. Yes, yeah. the first semester of my senior year, I was I was at Albany, um, and um, and then I went to Queens College for the my first yeah the first semester of my senior year, and then I went back to Albany to do my student teaching because okay I did what my mother said, and I I majored in something practical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I majored in being uh, an English teacher uh, in, in English education, but I also did an interdisciplinary major. I had two majors, and I majored in media and communications, which you know I studied film and theater and nice. and, and and speech and all all sorts of stuff that would um, uh, help me uh, to be to be where I really wanted to be. That's great. It's That's great. great. When you on were stage.
0: yeah, when you were at Albany and you're doing both those majors, did you have any opportunities? Were you involved in any like clubs or theater or anything where you were? Well,
1: I tried. You know, I tried the theater department, and I just didn't like it. It was like okay. too affected for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, so um, I just studied uh, film. Is really really what I loved studying.
0: Okay. Okay. That, what about that, film? That, Cause, yeah. Cause I mean, later in life, right. You, you're going, we're going to get into your major career in film and TV. Um, what was, the, yeah. do, you know, you loved comedy growing up as a kid. That's definitely something you also liked. The, I, you know, the sitcoms and the late night stuff. And what was it about film? Was that something too you were thinking of as a little kid? Hey, not only do I want to maybe do comedy, I'm interested in acting
1: um i don't know if i i don't know if i was consciously thinking of that i mean i was probably dedicated to wanting to be a stand up comic mm-hmm. but i but i definitely you know as i definitely um uh well, i love acting i really love acting um in some in, i i think it i love it as much as i love stand up it's, it's it's exciting in a different way Mm -hmm. Um, but I, um, um, I loved studying film in the ways that I always loved movies. I always loved movies. I watched them like incessantly. I would, when I would come home from college on vacations, my parents had, uh, it was then called Q Magazine and it was, uh, I think it later became New York Magazine, but not the New Yorker, New York Magazine. Okay. But it, um but at the time it was a magazine with some articles and it also had the TV schedule in it and i would go through the magazine and i would look at the movies i wanted to watch and i would write them all down and and you know some of them overlapped and i'd have to make choices or I'd switch would switch over to another one in the middle mm-hmm. if i didn't if i didn't want to. Fit. I mean it was like my whole college vacation was really uh-huh. about watching these movies, and you know we didn't have that many there weren't that many um uh, channels back then There were like maybe sure. you know, seven channels back then <laughs> listen to me old old lady no Aladdin. no no but but um anyway um i uh um i I was all about watching these movies um and um, I um, loved learning about the intricacies of making movies and lighting and 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 different camera angles and foreshadowing and and and, and storytelling. Uh, it, it was it was deepening in a way that I didn't anticipate. I didn't know that I would have such a connection to movie making as I, as I have. I really, you know, appreciate, you know, why, why does the director choose to shoot from below on this shot?
2: Right, uh, right, Why
1: is the lighting the way it is? Why is the music the way it is? You know, um, it, it why That's does cool. he choose to do it in a single shot as, as opposed to in a series of cuts? You know, and I, I, I didn't know that I was going to be that interested in it mm-hmm. um so so anyway I just it was uh cool. you know it was it was an eye-opener for me and I loved yeah. it I just loved it and I do love classic films love classic films
0: that's great no that's, yeah, cool. that's cool that's cool to hear some of that background cool. in terms of how you started to get interested in that line of um work too so yeah. Let's talk about, and then we'll start to delve yeah. into your, you know, your writing and your acting and all that good stuff, too. Yes. So after college, right, you, you come, I'm assuming you come back to New York. And is this one, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about, you know, it's a, a couple of different jobs. Sales clerk, you know, where were you doing oh, that God. at? <laughs> <I couldn't laughs> briefly, just briefly, just give a bullet. Well, you don't have to all, go into I come back crazy to New details. York,
1: and I went to, but I went to, I got a teaching job in Philadelphia. My sister oh, moved. Okay. To Philly with her then hu- new husband, who was studying uh, to be a dentist and 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 ultimately an endodontist and Luke canals for anyone who doesn't know what that mm-hmm. is and um, he's excellent by the way he's on Long Island uh, <laughs> and um, and um, and she got a job in Philly so when I took the phone call because they'd been they were living at my parents' house for a short time in between homes because they didn't know what was going to be. Well, they knew they were moving to Philly. But, but they got the call there um, telling Leslie that she got the job. And she and I said to the guy, to the superintendent who calls her, I said, oh, wow, do you have a job for me too? And he said, well, why don't you let me know when you're coming to visit your sister? And I'll set up some interviews, and he did,
2: That's and
1: um, and then I got one of the jobs for which I interviewed, and that was an eighth. I was a I was an eighth grade English teacher. Um, I was um um a part. This was my this was my uh, title. This was the, the actual title that they gave me. I was a part time temporary per diem sub. Oh my gosh. Which bas- which basically meant no benefits. Oh no. And Ugh. um and um I um I was tw- I was barely I turned twenty one when I um in the, like right at the beginning, I, I, my birthday's in October and I started work in August and I was still 20 years old. My students were 13. It was really crazy. It was bizarre. It was bizarre. Um, but um, it was a great experience and I ended up meeting my best friend. We became roommates and she's been my best friend now for almost 47 years.
0: Oh wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Was she so her, she was a teacher her name there was too? was also
1: Kathy. Okay. She was a teacher. She was she was a colleague of of Leslie. She was in the reading she was in the reading program in the school in gotcha. that district. It was a small school district. It was the Abington School District, just north of Philly. And um, you know, just like a township north of Philly basically. One or two townships north. And um um she um she and I just became very close and we've had I mean, I just I'm so grateful for the relation for this relationship in my life.
0: That's awesome. Where does she where does she uh, live now? Oh, does, yes, she live, does she live
1: in Ava? Does she live here or well, she's from, she's from Ohio. Okay. She lived in Philly for a while. Then I helped her move to New York. She lived in my apartment in New York. I kept an apartment in New York for a while. And she moved into that apartment and I kind of shared it with her for a while and then she took over the lease and lived there for a while and then she moved into another apartment on the same floor in that building and lived there for a long time and then she and her then husband decided, you know, they, it was small and they weren't going to be able to afford to live in a bigger apartment in, in New York. Mm-hmm. So they decided to move to back to Ohio and get a house and that's where they live now.
0: Okay. Okay. Oh, but that's great. That's yeah. wonderful that you have that
1: relationship yeah. and that support. And that's oh my awesome. God, it's, it's great. It just makes it harder to see her because sure. of where she lives.
0: Right. But you're you're in, you're in California right now, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's, okay. you know, it's it's not an it's easy. Still, it's not a, no. It's it's, it's two flights. It's two flights to get to her.
0: Oh Okay. And gosh. it's been an okay. hour and a
1: half drive. So it's
0: okay. Yeah. Gotcha. It's gotcha. Oh. So how long did you teach for? And then let's let's uh, get into that. I taught for that... a year. Okay.
1: Only okay. a year.
0: And then yeah. was that when you started to think about, hey, I need to you know, comedy's in your mind and I need to give this a shot and you know, eventually you were getting some it looks like outpatient, you know, treatment for the eating disorder. To avoid going in. Um, yes. And then you yes. eventually said to your dad one day, Hey, I'm, I'm in your parents. I'm going to, I'm going out to LA. I'm driving out. Yes. You know, tell us a little bit about yes. that so we can start speeding up to some of the getting into getting into the, you know, your career career.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure. So I, um I decided that I was going to move out to LA to become a stand-up comic and why didn't I go to New York to do it my my guess is that it was almost too viable for me to do it in New York so I was making it more like I was I was I was I don't know I was sort of New York was almost too close and Mm -hmm. um and too scary for me to actually think about doing it in New York so I decided to move out to LA because it was, it, 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 it was like kind of, I was kind of like rationalizing oh, that's, what, that's why I'm not doing it because I'm not in Los Angeles whereas <laughs> it would have been much smarter for me to start in New York which I ultimately did but I mm-hmm. moved out to Los Angeles, my father drove out with me, it was the greatest experience in our relationship Aww. we took 10 days and we drove out together we had such an amazing time it was just great. It was oh, just that's... great, and um, so um, um, I I got to L.A. Uh, on October 15th, my birthday, 1977, my, my 22nd birthday, and wow. I lasted for four months there. I didn't go anywhere near. Um, I didn't go anywhere near a comedy club.
0: So when you, when you land there, Kathy, like, are you living with a friend? Did you have, was there someone out there you were meeting up with? Tell us a little what, what transpired over those four months?
1: I was not living with a friend. I was living by myself and I was so depressed. I was so depressed and so skinny and just... I got a job teaching in substitute teaching, like taking over for a teacher who was on maternity leave at a yeshiva. It was just okay. like um it was it was just I mean, every no, nothing was going my way. I couldn't even get a waitressing job. Um and um and then I finally got got into a car accident. Um, which was like I was so lucky that I was in this the car that I was in.
0: Such oh a tank.
1: I was in a Volvo station wagon. And um I didn't even feel the accident. I heard it. Oh. And when I looked around to see what happened, what was that sound? I looked left, I looked right, I didn't see anything, and I looked straight ahead mm-hmm. and my bumper was sticking straight up in the air.
0: Oh my gosh. So Oh my gosh. I had, so the car, fortunate. I had the car
1: oh. Yeah, I was very oh. lucky. And I um I just um had the car repaired. I sold it for the same amount that I bought. I had bought it from my dad. He sold it to me like for like no money basically. And okay. I sold it to a cousin out here for the same amount of money and I got back on a plane and I moved back to New York. And that was the lowest that was the lowest point, I think. When I moved back with my parents, then that was tough i, had a, I took a shitty job at a uh, um, in an ad agency okay. um, in the billing department. but you know look you know all these things like you know i I really do believe that things happen for a reason. I had this mm-hmm. boss who who was the person who told me I needed to go to see a doctor because how, of how skinny I was. And she gave me her doctor's name and this was like in nineteen seventy this was nineteen seventy eight now. And she gave me her doctor's name and I went to see him and he diagnosed me as anorexic. At a time when when <coughs> excuse me. At a time when it really wasn't mm-hmm. uh, part of the zeitgeist. Mhm. You know? Sure. Um, and um, so I, so I saw this doctor and he said that if I lose any more weight, that they're going to have to admit me into the hospital. But for the time being, he wanted me to weigh in every, uh, every day at, um, uh, Roosevelt Hospital on the west side of Manhattan, which I did. But I was kind of hanging in there at the same weight, which brace yourself was eighty four and a half and pounds.
2: Mhm.
1: And I'm five foot four. And right. oh I gosh. guess you can imagine how skinny sure. that is. I'd lost, mm-hmm. my, I'd lost my I'd lost I'd lost my period.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and um uh, it uh, was a terrible time in my life. It was just a terrible time in my life and that's when I finally called he had recommended the Ackerman Institute for Family Therapy this doctor that I'd seen and I called and made an appointment with them and initially um, only my mom came with me she she was the only one who was able to come in my first session my father refused Um, my sister Leslie was about to have a baby, (laughs) excuse me, and my other sister Joanne, and I weren't speaking, so she wouldn't come at the time, but ultimately we all, we all went and we went for about a year together. Wow.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: And it was very helpful. It was very, very helpful.
0: No, I'm glad that you no, had... I just took
1: a cough drop. So I, I just took a cough drop. So. That's
0: okay. Don't worry about it. I am no, that's not, any, that's that you, not annoying to
1: me coughing.
0: No, nah, mm-hmm. don't worry. <laughs> that's fine. Don't worry
1: about it. Okay.
0: No, but I'm, I'm glad that you, you know, you had the strength at least to listen to the person you were working with that said, hey, you know, that person clearly cared about you. Um, I'm glad right. your family was able to, you know, start to slowly come to terms and be able to get into the therapy that clearly right. was beneficial for you. It's just, I I can't talk on the air, but believe me, if you want to talk on me off the air, I can relate to a lot of your stuff.
1: Okay. Um, we'll talk. We'll talk. Oh, off yeah. The long, long wow. Long. Reading about that, your yes.
0: story. Yeah. Right. Right. Very, I mean, very powerful. Yeah. Um So when is the point? Now, let's see. You're, you're home now. You're in, unfortunately, the depths of, uh, understandably, a major depression, grappling with the eating disorder.
1: Um, Right,
0: right. So when do you get up this, you know, this desire again to say, hey, you know what, i got to take a a stab, no pun intended, at comedy. I've got to do this. You know, where does that come from? Where does that spark, knowing how despondent you are, Mm -hmm. start to come come alive again? And, yeah, share with us how you got involved. It sounded like with some someone who was writing and you were definitely doing some writing and someone was helping support. I don't know if you were involved in some coaching, but eventually you get up the nerve and you're like, you're ready to go. You're going to do a, you're going to do a stand-up act. Right.
1: Well, what happened was I was, I had a job. like, I got a job selling. I was a good salesperson. Um, Hold on, my friend's dog. (laughs) Come here. Hazel. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, fine. Um anyway, so um I got a job in, in cosmetics. I was selling co- cosmetics. Not not retail, wholesale. Mhm. And uh and I loved it. But I was very unhappy because I wasn't doing what I wanted to do and I was scared to do what I wanted to do. Mhm. And and I finally realized that it was. It became more. It was. It, it got to the point where it was more painful for me not to do what I wanted to do than than to than to try. Then it was scary to do it. You, did that sentence make sense? Absolutely. It was more painful than. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was more painful to not do it than it was scary to do it. So I decided to get into a somehow i found a comedy class and um i got into the stand up comedy class and i started writing material and my teacher told me when i had 5 minutes um, and uh i went to this place called good times on june 28 1981 um And, um, I went on, I went on, you know, I took the number out of the bucket Mm -hmm. and I went on stage and then I didn't look back. I didn't look back.
0: That's awesome. That's, I mean, and, and sure from there, it wasn't just like you said, just going up and up and up. I'm sure there was a, a coaster of great moments and challenging moments. Um, So after that first night, who was the mentor? I thought this was just so eloquently said, who says tenacity is everything. There was some mentor that helped you stick with comedy. Pull pull that in briefly. Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, it was? Okay. Hey, perfect timing to bring him in.
1: (laughs) He and Um, I met when I was 16 and he was 16. Huge fan. Yeah. Um, He and I met. In Israel, on a team tour to Israel, and he was my first love. We, I think we were first loved oh my god each other. It was very, very significant relationship in my life. Oh. Yeah, and so, he was. I was the one who told him that he would make a good stand-up comic, <laughs> which oh my is gosh. really funny. Um. I mean, he he would tell you that today, and. He was the one who held my hand when I finally started going on stage in 1981. That's amazing. And and he was the one who told me that tenacity is everything.
2: Right. Mhm.
1: Um and um and it really is. I mean like you can have all the talents in the world, but if you're not in if you don't stay in the game, You won't get anywhere.
0: Absolutely.
1: You know, it's like like when you have an audition. You can't, you can't get the part if you don't go to the audition. Right. So. Right. Are you still in touch with him today?
0: Yes. That's great. That's Um, awesome.
1: Not, not consistently, but yes. Mm
0: -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, oh my yeah. gosh, what a fan. What a this, I mean, the show Seinfeld, just one of my favorite I mean probably yeah. if not my favorite sitcom. <laughs> I mean, gosh. Right. Yeah. I don't know if you ever um there's a really since especially since you're, you know, personally friends with Jerry, there's an excellent book that was written on the history of Seinfeld called Seinfeldia.
1: Um, no, I've never read
0: it. Oh gosh, it is it's it's phenomenal. It's I announced her name in the beginning of my show, Jennifer Keishan Armstrong. Yeah, all the, histori- oh. the historical start of it, how him and Larry came together. I mean, details behind the stories and different writers, and oh, it's it's incredible. It's a it's a very quick read too. So I'd I'd recommend it. Great. It's Great. Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> it's great. Who wrote, who wrote
0: it? Um, uh Jennifer Keishan Armstrong I'll send it to you. Okay. I'll yeah, okay. I'll send you the information. Okay. Yeah. Now, yeah. Okay. Yeah, really cool. Um so okay, and again, cool. it was also his HBO special, right? That was that was something that not or his Tonight Show when he was on the Tonight Show, that yes. was another yes. inspiring moment for yes. you. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, I was lying in bed. Like I I also um uh I was also avoiding watching comedy at that point in my life because it was so depressing.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And, um, I I happened to be watching The Tonight Show and I heard Johnny Carson say we have a comic making his national network debut tonight. Mm -hmm. His name is Jeff Seinfeld. And I go, what? (laughs) um, um, and I, I thought, well, he's got him in Jerry. And and of course, later on in the show, when Jerry came on, obviously he introduced him correctly. Um, <clears throat> and he said, um, and Jerry came out and did like a an amazing set. And I was this is how naive I was. I was so I was so naive that I thought that. Um, I thought that um, he must live in L.A. if he was on the night show. Um, okay. And, and so I looked up, I, I called 411, which was um, information at the time. And I asked for his number in L.A. because we had kind of lost touch.
0: And indeed,
1: there was a number for him in L.A. And I called and I left a message for him on his machine, and the next day I got a message back from him, <clears throat> excuse me, saying that if there was anyone that he would have wanted to have seen his tonight show set, it was I. Oh my gosh. And he was so, he was so happy. And, um, oh. and I um, told me he was coming to New York the next week and let's get together. So I called him back and I said, come on over. I'll make us dinner. I used to make him lasagna when we were, when we had been going out um, in, um, you know, back when we were teenagers, I, I had made him lasagna and he loved my lasagna. So I made us lasagna <laughs> and we talked and I told him how scared I was to try to stand up. And he said, you'd be a great stand up comic. And, um, and he just kind of held my hand through the first paces of doing it. He told me not to worry about who I was going to be on stage at, just to get stage time is
2: mm-hmm. the most
1: important thing. And I thoroughly agree with him that there's nothing that can replace stage time. And um, so that's what happened. Yeah. It's amazing.
0: And I think just to just to point this out too, because I noticed this in my life. You know, it's like you said, it's at these weird moments in life where you meet these people that have these positive influences on you. You know what I mean? And right. unfortunately, it's not it's not always family. <clears throat> you know, there was the the person at your yeah. job that said, "Hey, go see this doctor," and then meeting Jerry in Israel. And you know, it's just these right. these people. And sometimes they stay in your life, and and sometimes they don't. And that's something I say to my patients right. is. You know, when they say, oh, I'm not going to be able to see you or work with you anymore, I say, but you know what, try to remember me as some type of a a positive person and reflect back on that, whether it's a teacher or a friend or a, you know, um, yeah, I think that's so, so important. And I think you've definitely illustrated that throughout our discussion and the interview, which Mm. keeps you going. It's those people that keep you going. Yeah you know yeah
1: definitely i mean yeah essential essential touchstone relationships in your life,
0: yeah
1: mhm, mhm, so while we're talking about this let's let's fast forward a
0: little bit, I mean, so you know I mean it's gosh it's it's phenomenal within eight years you now you're on the tonight show, I mean how incredible right mm-hmm. you're you're sure. yeah breaking into comedy in the 80s and 90s and the golden age. I mean, it's just, and I think something <clears needs throat> to touch on as we go into this direction is, you know, you've, you've been around, and we're not referring to age, but you've been around so long to come through all these different transitions in entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, from when there was no internet, to internet, to the pandemic. Right. And I think that yeah. was, I, was, I was looking at your story. I was like, wow, like how interesting and how challenging and probably again positives and negatives to all that but yeah tell us as you start to break in and then when do you move back to, when do you move back out to la um
1: i moved back out to la in 1985. oh I was, okay I was okay then going out with another i was going out with another comic for we were together for three and a half years we're still very good friends steve middleman
0: Oh, and, I've actually um, interviewed
1: him years ago. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a wonderful guy. Oh my guy. gosh. We're, okay. we're very good friends. Nice. And um, and then we broke up. It was so funny. Since we broke up, my father just assumed that um, my father assumed that I was not going to move out to L.A. And I said, No, I'm still moving out. You know, he just didn't understand Mm -hmm. my level of, did not understand my level of commitment. Definitely did not understand that. And um, so I moved out in 85, and it was tough going. I was, you know, pretty broke. But I was working as a regular at the comedy store, and I'm working, like, basically every night. And I've been doing a little bit of road work, but not that much. Okay. And then Mitzi at the Comedy Store started um, working me more at her road rooms, which were La Jolla and Vegas. And then I started getting more road work, and just started uh, in 1987. I did the HBO Young Comedian Special,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: I and I opened for the and then I and then I and I was opening for the Pointer Sisters in Vegas and i was just Incredible. starting to do be better i was just i was just starting to um, you know make some money which not not you know huge money but um, but enough to afford to support myself and then the tonight and then the late the late show came that was an important step for me the late show which <clears throat> excuse me at that time was being hosted by Arsenio hall Okay. And um did that and that was a that was a big deal for me and then ultimately got the tonight show. And then there was there was so much stand up on television. Mhm. To be done. I mean I was doing all these shows and it was incredible. So much fun, my God. It was so much fun. I really was lucky. I mean I came up in a, I came up doing just a great job. Yeah a great time yeah
0: you did and it's it's funny cuz you think back to just just for a minute just cuz i think it's interesting to pull this in i mean even music you know think back to music especially like you know i'm more <clears> from <throat> i'm more from the 90s late 90s so you know the pearl jams mm-hmm. and the nirvana and you know it's it's different mm-hmm. today even the labels you don't right. have labels shelling out money like you did back in those days when yeah, it's right. just such a different world. So I mean, congrats! I mean, it's, <clears throat> yes. it's incredible. You had these opportunities to really launch your career. Yes.
1: yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it really, it really was, it was a great time to be a stand-up comic. I, I felt like I got, I had an opportunity to see so many uh, really uh, talented comics. I mean, almost everybody I watched on stage was an education. Right, it was right. Just, yeah, it was just amazing, just amazing.
0: So when, so yeah. now you, clearly your comedy career is getting <clears throat> growing, you know, going and, and Misty from the comedy, mm-hmm. was it comedy store or comedy shop? I don't want to misquote it. Mitzi, Mitzi Shore
1: from the comedy store.
0: Comedy store, Misty Shore from the comedy store. There you yeah. go. <laughs> there you um, go, yeah. Okay. There you go. We rhymed. So. When do you start to now get into TV and film and writing and just start
1: pulling a little bit
0: of that in just so we can highlight some of the, you know, your I mean, mean, in the
1: late 80s, the late 80s is when I started getting into doing more television. And then, um, then, like, comedy started to, like, level off and go down a bit in the early to mid-90s. And I wasn't working as much as I wanted to or needed to. And then I was offered, didn't even have to write a spec strip, I was offered a job on Roseanne because she was looking for more female writers. And one of the writers on the show was somebody that I'd worked with at the comedy store, Lois Bromfield, hilarious woman.
2: Oh, wow. Um,
1: Okay. She recommended me. And I became one of the, you know, one of the staff of 25 on Roseanne.
0: Incredible. And
1: um, yeah, it was pretty And what year was this around? Because I loved, I mean, I loved Roseanne too. I love that show. This was 1995.
0: Wow. Okay, okay, okay.
1: Yeah, and it was a great, a a great experience, a hard experience, a really hard experience. In what, in what
0: regards?
1: Um, in regards to that, our hours were really long, Mm -hmm. really long. Um, it was pretty, it was pretty grueling. Mm -hmm. It was pretty grueling. Yeah. Um, but it was also, you know, worked with such great people, such great people. Um, and it was, it was an education for sure. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Uh, and I, uh, and I loved, um, I loved, I loved that I had a chance to do it, and, um, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I had, I had the opportunity to join the Writers Guild, which is a great opportunity, and um, I had another writing job after that. I had a few writing jobs after that, which were good, but I never wanted to be a writer. I never like, okay. really wanted that as a career. Okay. I was so that's highlight of a performer than a writer,
0: right? But you also wrote for was it Caroline in the City?
1: Yes, Caroline or was that, in the City.
0: Yeah, King of Queens. No,
1: I wrote. I wrote for that. Oh. Say it again. Kings of Queens or the King of Queens? The king of King of King of Queens. I wrote. It, I wrote a a story for a script. And which um, one?
0: Was that the Which Ice Cube episode? Was it? Yeah,
1: was it the it was Ice, ice, ice episode? Cube episode? Yeah, and yeah. It, I had w- do, it had to do. The story had to do with him getting something for free put into his shopping cart that wasn't yes. his. I watched
0: it last night. I was watching it on YouTube. It was great. oh wow. Yeah, I was. It's oh, funny. funny. I didn't. I should have got in, and maybe I could find some of the um, the reruns somewhere. I should have got into that because I that's totally my style of sense of humor and stuff. No, that was.
1: That was it's great. It's a yeah, very it was... funny show. Yeah, yeah. A very no, funny exactly. show. Great characters.
0: Mm-hmm. Um.
1: And and Kevin uh, Kevin James is terrific on the show. As was Leah Remini, and yeah. Jerry Stiller, and and the rest of them. You know. I yeah. Mean, everybody who was on that show did, did a solid job.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> but that's interesting. So clearly, you were not someone who was looking to become, like you said. You 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 really enjoyed more of the the acting and, and that stuff versus being someone you know behind the screen doing the writing and all that
2: yes yes
0: okay Definitely. okay yes um so in terms of your acting i mean your resume is tremendous with that i i do want to highlight because again sorry but i'm a huge curve your enthusiasm fan seinfeld fan yeah you know i was yes. checking and of course i saw the episode but it was before you know, I was really looking you up and stuff. So when I went to the episode right. of The Professional Crier, I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, I, I totally remembered that moment of Larry sitting there and you telling him about, yes. you know, the person was too cold and layers. And, oh, it was great. Yes. What was it like working on that show?
1: Oh, it was, I was, it was actually my second time on the show. <clears> oh, it um, yeah, was? Yeah, the first time I came on as myself, I was I was Kathy. Second time. Okay. Uh Larry is such a doll. I needed I needed another gig to make my health insurance. <laughs> and my then manager called him and he said, Sure. And um and he um he put me on as this woman at the restaurant at the adjoining table.
2: That's and
1: great. um so um it was it's so much fun. I, I it's a, it's it's a great way it's a very creative way to shoot a show to have the, you know, very specific bones of the script and story written down, but not really any of it. Some of the dialogue, but not much of it. Right. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, um, Hold on. I have to write. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, go ahead. Um, well, that, yeah. What was I saying? No, I um, think you were saying,
0: I think, were we going to get oh, into yeah, maybe it's more? Very, it's more ad-libbed, um, right? So to speak. Yeah, I mean it's more off the cuff type of, even though the bones are there, like you said.
1: Yes, it's definitely it's a more it's improv, and um, um, and it's very it's fun because like what what will happen is you do one you'll do one pass of the scene, um, and um, they'll then the then they'll stop and the director will say this was great um do this one do this part again. Mm-hmm. um leave this other part out and don't forget to bring this other part in you know of, of the story like we need to get these elements of the story in like uh like try to mention this and so you so you re- you realize that okay i'm gonna i'm gonna leave in this thing about the being hot cold that thing i'm gonna remember <laughs> to 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 do this other thing and leave out that other thing because that's taking them down the wrong path so that's how they kind of layer you know to kind of layer it together yeah. take take, and that's how they build yeah it's really interesting and it really is challenging as a performer too sure um to to be able to be part of that process it really is
0: that's great i hope to see you on some upcoming maybe in the next season i don't know when that's going to come out but i know that they're working on another season
1: yeah oh yes definitely but yeah. I'm sure I won't be on again. I think I've had, my, I've had my shots on there. I'd love to one Kathy Lassen on again. I don't know. So anyway, okay. whatever. But it, it was great That's okay. It's, hey, it's just incredible to have that, that experience, that
0: opportunity. It's great. It's great. So yeah. let's do this. And we can pull in some other stuff just for time purposes. I don't want to keep you all day. But, um, sure. you know, clearly yeah, I i I have have to
1: go because I'm leaving town. I've got to pack. Yes, go oh, ahead. Okay.
0: So let's just do this then. Pull in a little bit. I mean, you get married a little later in life, and then you also have a child who you adopted. You know, share a little bit about that with us. I mean, definitely something um, that happened later in life.
1: Well, I really wanted a child, and when I got together, I'm in the middle of a divorce right now, but when I got together with oh, my I'm husband, sorry. oh, that's okay. okay. It's really, <clears throat> it's a... It's a good thing. It's, okay. It's a good thing. It's a hard thing, but it's a good thing. Okay. Okay. Um, and um, <clears throat> so I thought I wouldn't have kids because he already had kids from a previous marriage, and they would be my, they would be my kids. But I really wanted to have a child. I really got to the mm-hmm. point where I wanted to have a child, and I, and I had really good health insurance at the time, and uh, I was able to try in vitro but it didn't work because I didn't produce enough follicles and who knows what, you know, go back, let's go back to anorexia for a moment. Who knows what that did to my body? Right. You know, we really, we really don't know. We really don't know because it's definitely an abuse on the body. Mm -hmm. Definitely an abuse. Um, so I was not able to produce enough follicles, and my husband had had a vasectomy And and was um, what we did was we tried artificial insemination, and that didn't work. But in the in the process, while I was trying that, a therapist I'd been seeing at the time had a mm-hmm. client who'd adopted a daughter from China, and mm-hmm. it was Chinese New Year's, and she was telling me that the um, um, the celebration of Chinese New Year's, uh, they, there's a local chapter of uh, this place called Families with Shoulder from China in Los Angeles. And um, it was downtown. And we um, went downtown. It was, it was so funny, it had grown so much, but at that time it was in a church and it was catered by Panda Express. That's how early oh, it was, right you know that's how early it was um um and um i um I went there with my husband, and we talked to people and we saw the little girls and when we were leaving, I said to my husband i i, I kind of i hope i I kind of hope I don't get pregnant because this is really appealing to me, Aww. and that's what happened, mhm, yeah.
0: That's amazing, yeah. and but you did get the epidural, right?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, well that its the joke
0: well. you do. I love uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to catch you off guard. Um, but she's okay.
2: now—she's
0: now nineteen or
1: twenty. She's
0: nineteen. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I that's know. Amazing. I know. Oh. I know. It is so what, amazing. Uh, I know you got to get rolling. I don't want to keep you too long. So I why don't do. we just oh do my this? God, I can't share even how long share anything.
1: In. Is this how, how long you any- normally talk to people?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. We we can typically do up to two hours. That's why. I-
1: wow. <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, people just lose track of time. And sometimes I have to, because I only set it for a certain amount of time, because unfortunately it's through the station thing that I use. Um, so, yeah. So sometimes I'm looking at uh, the clock like, oh, we got to get, no, we're fine. But I want to let you go. But why don't we do this? Promote some. Okay. Um, Upcoming things that you have in the works, you know, where people can find you, and then we'll keep in touch, and you're always welcome back on the show, of course, you know, in the future. Oh, and
1: cool.
0: Absolutely. Right.
1: Yes, why don't you promote, um, so what, so what you, do know, you want? I
0: know you have yeah. your solo show. Why don't you promote some stuff you have upcoming? Yes, my Any... sol-
1: okay, my solo show is coming up at the end of April. It's gonna be at the Pico Theater in West LA. It's April twenty eighth to the thirtieth. It's called Does This Show Make Me Look Sad?
2: Mm-hmm. And it's
1: about, um, you guessed it, um, my eating disorder and how I uh how how I gained recovery from it.
0: Amazing. Amazing. And I've had a chance to look at so the stuff online. It's great.
1: <clears throat> and um what else is coming up? Um, I'm starting to do personal. I'm starting to do small mm-hmm. performing art centers, which is where I'm the direction that I'm going in my live performances. So I'm doing one of those in South Carolina in April, also, which I'm excited about. It's in Newberry, South Carolina, at the Newberry Opera House. And um, what else is going on with me? Oh, you're uh, offering... and I'm looking for an
0: apartment.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, okay. And you're also offering some coaching services. I saw in terms of um, specifically, yeah. What what types of things do you focus on?
1: Yeah. Well, I there I focus on. Thank you so much. I'm so I'm I'm so scattered this morning. Um, That's okay. I focus on finding your authentic self to bring it on stage, and and to write to that, so that you're coming from a truthful place and you're grounded in your material and. And yet a material needs you. I I encourage people to not write generic acts, to write Mm -hmm. acts that are very much, very much integrate who they are. Definitely.
0: And with your writing, real quick, do you ever do anything like, because you have written on sets of different, as we know, TV shows, would you ever help someone with like a script or a treatment or something like that? Um.
1: Yes, I think. Or can, is that not necessarily that. Not, in your area? <clears throat> that's not that's not what I love doing. Okay. Um, okay. Um, it's not what I love doing, but I, I'm also going to um I'm also going to uh be starting a comedy class for people who don't necessarily want to do individual coaching. Um, and that will be starting in May. Okay, and you cool. can find every all the information you need on on my website, um, which is kathyladman.com. Kathy with a C, and um, you can contact me through the website, and I can answer all questions that you have. You can also find me on Facebook, and you can find me on Instagram. Instagram is Kathy Ladman One, the number mm-hmm. one because I I messed up my first attempt at it at the Setting up an account, and then I couldn't sign in for it because I didn't know the password. Oh, I know, gosh. Jesus. Okay. Um, no, anyways, no, no, no. So. <laughs> well,
0: thank you so much, Kathy, for coming on. It was an incredible oh, interview. My God. I'm, I'm sorry.
1: I'm sorry if I was a little bit scattered. I'm doing like I'm doing too many things this morning. I'm I know. trying to get out of town. And, um, and I really, really love talking to you. And um, I look forward to talking to you off the air and uh, again on the air. It would be great.
0: Okay. Now, it's been phenomenal. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure.
1: Thanks, Carrie. Talk to you All soon. All right.
0: Okay, take care, Kathy. You Have well. a great day. Bye-bye. Okay, you too. You too. Bye-bye. All right, everyone, Kathy Ladman, comedian, actor, and writer, phenomenal interview with her today. If for some reason you turned in too late, you can check out the podcast, it will be available to stream and download after the show, just give it, I'd say, you know, at least a a good couple of hours. Um, You can access the podcast also on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or the Black Talk account, as well as there's other streaming services it's on. So thank you if you tuned in today. I greatly appreciate it. She was an incredible interview. And uh, please follow me at The Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook. You can also follow me on Instagram at Carrie Edelman. And if you want to befriend me on Facebook, you can find me under Carrie Edelman on Facebook, too. Again, uh, greatly appreciate people listening to the show. If you want to hear any of my other interviews, just go to the streaming services I just mentioned and I'll take you on an interesting interview. We have musicians, comedians, actors, filmmakers. Um, I've been getting involved in doing interviews now with uh, illustrators and cartoonists. So, you know, I'm really being diverse in the types of people that I have on my show and their um, creative ventures. So thank you so much and have a great day.